We are uh, in the middle of a series called The Great Paradox. And just as a matter of review, because I think you know this, uh, you guys know the definition of paradox, right? Paradox means... Okay, there were four of you. Crazy, right? It means crazy, but true. You guys got this. We've said it for the past three weeks. Paradox means crazy, but true. In other words, this is what it means. It means you hear something, and it sounds out there. It sounds kind of off. It sounds kind of like, what are you talking about? That doesn't make any sense. But when you dig in and you start kind of unpacking that statement, you find out it's true. You find out there's actually wisdom in it. And we've been going through some advice that Jesus gave that sounds like a paradox because it sounds crazy. It makes you say, wait, what? Like, Jesus, what are you talking about? That doesn't make any sense. But as you dig in, you find that his advice is actually true. It's actually helpful. And tonight, tonight, the advice that we're going to go over is the advice of relationship goals. Yeah, that's right. Relate goals, right? Uh, you guys get super pumped about relationship goals. I see you tweet about it, talk about it all the time. In fact, there's probably been a moment in the past week when you've had a conversation with someone and they talk about maybe their significant other, or they talk about a couple they know, and you're like, goals, right? Or like you see something on Twitter, you see something on Instagram, see something on Snapchat, and you're like, relationship goals, man, Relation like it's incredible, like I love it, I love it, relationship goals, all of us in this room, no matter how old you are, how young you are, whether you've been coming to church forever, or this is like your first time ever to church, all of us have relationship goals, right? We all have this idea of like what we want in, in, in our future spouse, what we want in a relationship, what we want in him, what we want in her. In fact, I've got a list uh, of some potential relationship goals for you. And maybe you've, you've said something about this, okay? Hold on, I'm getting there. We're getting there soon, okay? First one, this is for you ladies. This might be your relationship goal. He texts me before I do, right? Like, yeah, like please, right? Because some of you ladies... Some of you ladies, you feel like you're always the one that has to text him first, right? Like you have to text him and then he responds, but he never takes the initiative. And so in your mind, you're like, ah, oh, it'd be a dream if he would just text me first because there's nothing that makes you more angry than when you text him and then you see that he read it and then he doesn't reply. Shut up, right? It's like the moment... The moment I see that read, I better see a speech bubble. You better be coming out with something good because I just gave you that text. You better respond. And so then you hear about these like mystery boyfriend, uh, uh, boyfriends that apparently don't exist. And they're the boyfriends that like text first. And they're the ones that initiate the conversation. In fact, I've seen pictures. And it's so ridiculous. It's like pictures of a guy apparently uh, that's texting. And it's like one text after another. He's like, hey, how are you, honey? Hey, how you doing? Hey, I'm thinking about you. And then you ladies, like you retweet that. You're like, oh, goals, man. If he would only do that for me. But what's funny is that, is that what you really mean is, would he only do that to me if I actually like him? right? Because if you don't like him, that's desperate. And like, he needs to get a life. You know what I'm saying? Like what's going on? But then if you like him, you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You should like pester me with questions. I love it. I want him to text first. Okay. The next one, maybe for some of you guys, relationship goal, if she can sing, right? Like nothing better than when she can sing. It's incredible. Some of you have celebrity crushes on some of the people in the band because they can sing and you're like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, she can sing. And that's your goal. It's a relationship goal. Here's the next one for some of you ladies, the way he looks at me, right? And here's what I'm talking about. There was a video circulating a little while ago, and, it's, and it's, like, it's like this vine. It's like six seconds, and it's a girl, and she's singing. You know what I'm talking about. I don't have it. I don't have it, but 
But then you got the boyfriend like right next to her, you know what I'm saying? And she starts singing and then he like looks over and he smiles and all you girls go crazy and you're like, ah, if only he would look at me that way. That would be goals, right? If only I had a guy that would actually look at me that way. The next one for some of you guys, I heard you earlier. She plays soccer, right? So some of you are like, some of you are posting pictures of like, you know, you're posting pictures of like a girl's soccer team and you're like, oh, she plays soccer, man, that's so awesome, that's so amazing. And then I saw this this past week, which I really appreciate. And it's someone who posted a picture of a soccer goal and he put goals, which I was like, that's good. That's really good. Okay, so anyways, uh, no matter who you are, right, she plays soccer. Uh, this next one, you might not have ever said this out loud, but some of you ladies, your relationship goal is that he makes me feel valued, right? He makes me feel good about myself. He makes me feel like I actually have worth. And again, you might not have ever said that out loud, but maybe deep down, you're like, that's kind of my relationship goal. Maybe for some of you guys, and again, I know guys, you would never say this out loud, but, but maybe you're thinking, she's proud of me. Man, that would, be, that would be a goal if there was a girl that I was with that actually loved being around me. A girl that like enjoyed just hanging out. With, like that is my relationship goal. If I could be with someone like that, oh my gosh, that'd be incredible. And so sometimes you talk about, you talk about a girl that you like, you talk about a guy that you like, you talk about relationship goals and ah, oh, it seems like he's like, he's got it or she's got it. And this is true. I was actually, I was talking to a, uh, I was talking to a middle school student and they were telling me uh, about, this, about this guy, and he's a middle school guy, and he has a big old crush on this other middle school girl. And he began to like list out all the reasons, like all the reasons that it was relationship goals. And I'm not lying. This is, this is what he said. This is what the middle school student said. He said, she's cute, and she's got an awesome lunchbox. Which is like, it's like, dude, that is, that's it. I mean, you don't need anything else, right? It's like, I've met... I've met some girls that are cute, you know, but their lunchbox is kind of, uh. and then I've met some girls with, they got like a, like, they got a good personality, you know, but like the, the, their lunchbox is amazing, but she's cute and she's got an awesome lunchbox. I mean, that is the total package, right? And so this guy, that's his, that's his goal. And so for many of you, in fact, here's the crazy thing. Even before the hashtag was around, your parents had relationship goals. And people around you had, everyone has this idea of what a perfect couple is supposed to look like, what a perfect relationship is supposed to look like, what he should be like, what she should be like. And for some of you, and this is, this is kind of a flattering thing, but some of you have even looked at Catherine and I, yes. and you said, yeah, you said that, you said goals. In fact, there was a, uh, uh, my wife and I have been married for almost eight years, uh, which is super awesome. And, uh, and like last year, last year for our seven year anniversary, uh, I took her, I uh, took her on a date and we went to this like really fancy French restaurant. And, uh, by the way, you know that a restaurant's like really good and fancy when they make someone else park your car. Um, it's called valet. And so anyways, they did that. I guess they don't trust me to park, but whatever. So the guy came in and he parked the car and you got to pay him to park. And it's like, dude, I park every day, but whatever. And so, you know, we paid him to park and then we went inside this French restaurant and you know, the food was amazing. It was incredible. And, uh, and we told him that, uh, or, you know, I told the, uh, the waiter, I was like, well, it's our seven year anniversary. And, uh, so a lot of restaurants do this, right? When there's a special occasion that they bring out like a free dessert or they bring out a free menu item. And so they brought out this dessert and it said, happy anniversary, Catherine on it. 
which is like, oh, that's so cool. And so, you know, so I'm looking over at the table and she's got her dessert and, you know, she's looking super cute. And so this is like a, this is like a really like awesome, cool moment. And so whenever you have an awesome, cool moment, what do you do? Of course, you have to post it so other people know how great your life maybe not is, but you want to show them that it's awesome. And so you do that. So this is what I did. I took a picture. I posted it on, uh, on, on Instagram. And, and you can see it right there. And uh, I know, I need to, need to get more popular. So, um, so I wrote down, uh, happy anniversary to the greatest woman on the planet. These have been the best seven years of my life, which is true, which is true. Man, I, I, I love being with, here, uh, being with her. I love our relationship. And so I posted that. I, I didn't really think much of it. And then all of a sudden, all these like comments started flooding in. And then like someone screenshotted this Instagram picture, they put it on Twitter and then it started getting retweeted all over the place. And this is actually what happened. So this is, this is the tweet and someone put relationship goals of all 12 stone students. And then they put a picture of that. And then, and then we got, you know, the heart eyes emojis right there. And then you can see it right down below. It says hashtag relationship, uh, relationship goals. So yeah, that's true. It's you right there. So she put hashtag relationship goals. It's pretty cool. And so, and so for a lot of people, they're looking at couples and they're, they have this idea of like relationship goals. And the truth is, the truth is all of us want this, right? I mean, every single one, no matter how old, how young you are, we all have this picture. We all have this idea. We all want an incredible, awesome, fulfilling. He makes me feel valued. Man, I love hanging out with her. All of us want that. All of us want relationship goals. But what happens for many people, even though they really want relationship goals, is they end up here in relationship ruin, which is so strange because, because we all start off here, right? All of us start off with the goal, like I have these relationship goals, I want to I be with someone that makes me happy, and so you got all these relationship goals, and your parents have all these relationship goals, and yet for many of your friends, maybe for some of you, maybe for some of your parents, they've ended up here and relationship ruin. And so the question is, like, how does that happen? Right? I mean, because, because none of us wake up in the morning and think, you know what? I want to be in a relationship where I feel like trash. Man, I want to be in a relationship where like he talks bad about me. I want to be in a relationship where she doesn't want to hang out with me. Man, I want a marriage one day that totally ends in divorce because we just hate each other. And then I want to get married again. And then I want that to end in divorce. No one does that right? No one wakes up and wants this. Everyone wants the relationship goals. And yet, even though that's the desire, even though that's what we want, many end up here in relationship ruin. So how does that happen? In other words, maybe for the sake of discussion today, here's a, here's a better question. How, how can I end up with relationship goals? If many set out to have this kind of relationship and many set out to have this amazing, fulfilling, incredible, I'm so happy when I'm with him, I'm so happy when I'm with her, how can we actually end up with our relationship goals? And this is actually what Jesus talked about. See, Jesus was talking about what it looked like to have a blessed life, what it looked like to have a fulfilled life, and he actually began to talk about relationships. And so I want to look together at what he said. This is in Matthew chapter 5. So you can go ahead, grab your Bible. It should be right around you. We're going to look at Matthew chapter 5. This is going to be on page 969. Page 969. And this is Matthew chapter 5. We're going to start in verse, in verse 27. And Jesus is talking to people and he begins giving them some relationship advice. But 
like the advice we've been talking about, it's a paradox. In other words, when you first hear it, it sounds a little out there. It sounds a little crazy. In fact, I need to warn you, what, what we're getting ready to talk about is some stuff that might make some of you a little upset. It might make some of you not want to really hear what Jesus has to say, but I promise you, if you lean in, there's something here that I think could actually help you end up here with relationship goals. And so Jesus actually starts things off, and he says something that pretty much everyone in the crowd agreed with, and I think most of you are going to agree with it. This is what he says. He says, you have heard that it was said, in other words, let me, let me start talking to you a little bit about relationships. This is what you already know. You've heard it said, you shall not commit adultery which this is kind of a no-brainer. This is like, well, duh, Jesus. In other words, Jesus is saying, when you commit adultery, which is when you're just sleeping with someone that's not your wife, when you're cheating on someone, okay, that's gonna lead to relationship ruin, which is obvious, right? All of us, all of us, I think if we were to take a poll, at least most of us would agree, yeah, if I'm gonna cheat on someone or if she's gonna cheat on me or if he's gonna cheat on me, probably gonna end in relationship ruin. All of us would agree with that. And all the people listening to Jesus agree. Like, yeah, I have heard that said, and that makes sense to me, that you should not commit adultery. But then Jesus says the paradox. He says this, but I tell you, in other words, but hold on, there's more. Anyone who looks at a woman lustfully has already committed adultery with her in his heart. Wait, what? Like, no, 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 Jesus, Jesus, no, 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 let me help you out here. There is a big difference between a thought and, and an action, right? Like, no, there's a huge difference between a thought and an action. In fact, there's a big difference between a look and a touch. I even had a friend of mine a few years ago that he was giving me some relationship advice. And he said, well, my wife and I, we've been married for you know this long and we kind of have this agreement. We have this rule and this was their rule. You can look, but you can't touch. In other words, dude, it's okay if you look, it's okay. You know, if you go to those websites, it's okay if you do whatever, you just can't touch. And in fact, for some of you, maybe deep down, that's kind of what you believe, you know? Like, yeah, no, no, I totally get it, like, get it, Jesus, that, that I'm not supposed to commit adultery. I know that I'm not, you know, supposed to, supposed to cheat on someone, but it's okay if I look. It's all right if I look, because after all, there is a big difference between looking and touching. I mean, after all, you can look, you just can't touch. And Jesus steps on the scene. He says, no, 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 no. No, see, when you look, lustfully at a woman, it's the exact same thing in your heart as when you commit adultery. Now, I know that some of you, you know, you see that and you're like, hold hold on, see. So you're saying, so you're saying that I cannot make eye contact with a woman. Like I can't even look at a woman. And no, that's not what I'm saying. That's not what Jesus is saying. Because see, there's a big difference between, between looking at someone and looking lustfully at someone, right? Like there's a big difference between, hey, and, you know, yeah, huge difference, right? Like, no, 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 that is looking lustfully. And so for those of you that may not get it, lustfully looking at someone means that in your mind, you're looking at them and you're imagining what it would be like and you're fantasizing about what it would be like to have sex with him or to have sex with her. That's simply what it means to look lustfully at a woman. And Jesus is saying, when you do that in your heart, it's the exact same thing as acting out. In other words, the thought equals the action in your heart. Which again, for many of you, you hear that and you kind of push against that. And so I want to try to describe it a different way. This is what Jesus is saying. There are two roads you can take. Two roads you can take. Just two. And you get to choose which one you take. One road leads to relationship goals. Okay? 
and then the other road leads to relationship ruin. And you get to decide what road you take. In fact, every action you take leads to either relationship goals or relationship ruin. And many of us in the room would agree with that. We say, yeah, totally. If I take, like, if I, if I cheat on someone, I'm probably walking down the road of relationship ruin. And Jesus says, every action you take leads to either relationship goals or relationship ruin and, and every thought you have also either leads to relationship goals or relationship ruin. It's not just the action, it's also the thought. And so maybe there are some thoughts you have that are just small steps in the direction of relationship ruin. And they're not a big leap like you're cheating on someone, but it's a small step. And every thought, every action you take is going to either lead to relationship goals or relationship ruin. And for many of you, you are taking steps in the direction of relationship ruin, and then you act surprised why you're not at relationship goals. And Jesus is saying it's because every step you take, every thought you have, every action you take is leading in one of two directions. And if you're taking steps towards relationship ruin, don't be surprised that you don't end up with relationship goals. See, because the thought, according to Jesus, is the exact same thing as the action. Now, for many of you, you might hear that and, and you kind of push against that. In fact, I'm sure many of people during Jesus' day pushed against that as well. Here's the crazy thing. 2,000 years ago is when Jesus said this. And science agrees with Jesus. <laughs> science has come to terms with the fact that what Jesus actually said here is true. In fact, there's a doctor, uh, Dr. Patrick F. Fagan. He says this. He says, not only does watching porn contribute to infidelity, relationship ruin, right? Not only does it contribute to, not only is it walking in the steps of relationship ruin, but a spouse's porn obsession was a factor in 56% of divorces. Now, this is crazy. Here's what this means. In more than half of divorces, which means think of two couples you know that got divorced. Maybe it's your parents and another couple. Maybe it's two other couples. In one out of every two, and maybe even both, porn was a factor in why they split up. Porn is a factor in why they didn't have relationship goals and instead they had relationship ruin. And that's what this guy says. And it's not just him. See, there are many other people, many other doctors, many other people smarter than me. Science is beginning to agree that if you walk in that direction, it will end in relationship ruin. In fact, there's, a, there's an article uh, that came out in The Atlantic and The Atlantic is not a Christian magazine. It's not a Christian organization. It's actually far from it. There's, um, anyways, the, the people on staff don't have to be believers. The person who wrote this, I don't think, was a believer, and yet this is what they said. A 2004 study found that married individuals who cheated on their spouses, relationship ruin, were three times as likely to have used internet pornography as married people who hadn't committed adultery. In other words, science is agreeing that in your heart, it's the same thing. That simply looking at a woman with lust is the same thing in your heart as committing adultery. And it might be a small step in this direction, but it's still a step in the direction of relationship ruin instead of relationship goals. In other words, this is what Jesus is saying. Jesus is saying, lust leads to relationship ruin, but purity leads to relationship goals. Lust is the thing that leads to relationship ruin, but purity is the thing that leads to relationship goals. 
Science agrees with this. Jesus is saying this, that lust is the very thing leading to the ruin that we all want to avoid. And purity is the thing that leads to relationship goals. It's lust that's walking down this direction and it's purity walking in the direction of relationship goals. And so Jesus is saying what happens in your heart is of utmost importance and even just a look is enough to start sending you in a direction that you don't want to go. And then Jesus begins to tell us how. He says, first you got to know that it's the same thing that you're walking in that direction. And then he tells us how we can actually change. And what Jesus says, again, is pretty dramatic. This is, this is what he goes on to say in Matthew chapter 5, verse 29. He says, so, okay, now that you know that, if your right eye causes you to stumble, gouge it out and throw it away. It's better for you to lose one part of your body than for the whole body to be thrown into hell. Super extreme. And then he keeps on going. And if your right hand causes you to stumble, cut it off, throw it away. It's better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to go into hell. Now, these are like the verses in your Bible that you want to highlight with a black Sharpie. You know what I'm saying? Like I just kind of wish that because Jesus sounds a little extreme, doesn't he? It's like, it's like, like, are we watching an episode of Walking Dead, like cutting off hands, gouging out eyes? This is so extreme. This is so intense. But here's what Jesus is saying. When you start walking down this road, when you start walking in this direction towards relationship ruin, you are walking in the direction of death, spiritual death, relational death, emotional death. And that's why Jesus takes it very seriously. And he says, when you start walking down this path, it's going to lead to death. It's going to lead to ruin. It's going to mess up your relationships. It's going to mess up your heart. It's going to mess up all of this different stuff if you don't stop walking in this direction. In other words, Jesus is saying this. It's better to sacrifice your lust now than sacrifice your life later. It's actually better for you right now to sacrifice your lust now than sacrifice your life later. Jesus is saying it's not worth it. It's not worth walking down in that direction just to do what you feel like is fun for right now. It's better. It's better to sacrifice your lust now than your life later. And this is something that I, uh, that I discovered the hard way. Um, when I was 14 years old, I was a believer, man. I loved Jesus and, you know, I was into church and all that stuff. And on the outside, I looked like I had a pretty clean life, uh, that everything was good. I definitely wasn't uh, taking actions towards relationship ruin. Um, you know, I hadn't, I hadn't like slept with anyone. I, was, I wasn't doing, you know, things that I would later regret. On the outside, things looked pretty clean. But on the inside, like where no one could see, my thoughts, my eyes were not clean. There were lusts that I had that I couldn't control. And I would go online, I would watch things that I shouldn't watch, go into websites that I shouldn't have gone to. And slowly but surely walking down the road of relationship ruin. And it seemed like, it seemed like the more I tried to get rid of it on my own, the less successful I was. And I'd make promise after promise after promise to God. And yet I continued walking down the path of relationship ruin. And, and then Jesus showed me this verse. And he showed me that if you're going to take steps in the right direction, it might seem a little extreme. 
but you need to cut off the parts of you that are lusting. In other words, there are, there are parts of your life, there are habits that you have, there are things that you're doing that if you want to end up here in relationship goals, you've got to make some sacrifices right now. And so I was 14 at the time, and uh, with the help of my student pastor, he helped me with some sacrifices that I knew I needed to make. And these sacrifices were not easy, but I didn't want to walk down a road of relationship ruin, end up with relationships that were done, with, with my spiritual walk that was done. I didn't want any of that. And so these were some of the sacrifices that he helped me with, and I want to walk through these one by one. The first one was no rated R movies. Um, there are a lot of movies that are rated R that don't really have anything sexually explicit that don't, you know, wouldn't cause you to lust. But there are some. There are some. And for those that don't, there are previews for those movies. And so sometimes I would walk into a movie that was totally clean from a standpoint of uh, anything that would make me lust, and it was just a preview, and that's all it took for me to lust after a woman. And so God said, well, if there are some that cause you to lust, what if you just cut out all of them? And so that's what I did. And I stopped watching rated R movies, and of course all my friends would come up to me, dude, we're going to watch this movie, hey, you should check out this. And when I found out it was rated R, I was like, sorry, I can't. And it seemed silly to them, it didn't really make any sense to them, but I knew that it would lead me down a path that I didn't want to go. And maybe there was one movie that was fine, but maybe it was the next one that would mess me up. So I decided to cut that one out. The next one was TV shows. And this is, this is interesting because there's a lot of TV shows out there that, um, that we all love watching. I love watching. And, and, and it seems like every uh, so many episodes, there's a scene or there's something in the TV show that for some guys causes them to lust. And so I wasn't watching any TV shows where it's like every single episode was like, you know, scantily clad, whoever that was like, it's not like any of that, but it was just every now and then it would show up. And God said, if you're serious about it, then you'll cut it out completely. And so I cut out TV shows that I enjoyed watching that didn't have something sexually explicit every episode, but if they had a episode, then I cut it out completely because they might do it again. And I don't want to fall again. I don't want to be here. I want to be here. So I cut out those TV shows, and the same deal. Friends came up to me, dude, have you seen this show? And hey, have you watched this? And it was like, nah, I'm sorry. I don't do that. Um, the next one, this is interesting, computer in the living room. So um, some of you might have computers in your room. I had a computer in my room. And what I realized is when you have the computer in your room and you shut the door, the temptation just so your parents had to open for you to go to websites you know you shouldn't go to. And yeah, you can tell your parents that you're studying, and yeah, you can tell them that I just really need some alone time, but when the door is closed and it's just you, the temptation's really high. And so what I realized is if I took the computer out of my room and I put it in the living room, then I'm uh, a little less likely to go to these websites since uh, my mom and dad are there, you know what I'm saying? And that's a little awkward, so I'm probably not going to go there. And so I decided to put it in the living room where my brothers were and where my parents were. Because then it took the temptation out. And so, yeah, I still had schoolwork, and yeah, I still had other stuff to do, but I realized that I, I didn't want to have that temptation there. I didn't want to start walking down the path of relationship ruin, and Jesus said to cut it out. Now, I'll say this, uh, at the time I didn't have a, well, I did have a cell phone, but it was like so old school, you guys don't even know, but you know, it had like numbers and that was it. That's like all you could do is you could call people. And so it didn't have a really fancy screen that was basically a computer, because the truth is, for, for almost all of you, you have a computer. 
And it may not be a big desktop or a laptop that's in your room, but you have one of these and it fits in your pocket. And for many of you, this is the avenue that you choose to use to watch things you know you shouldn't watch. And so I don't, I don't know if God's calling you to do this, but I want to throw out something that might be helpful. Maybe what God is saying to you is instead of computer in the living room, maybe it's phone in the living room. What if you got so serious about wanting these relationship goals that you said, I'm not even going to have this in the room and I'm going to leave it out of the room so that way there's no temptation. And I know for many of you, you hear that, you're like, Steve, that is, that is unbelievably extreme. And I'd say, yeah, yeah, Jesus just said to cut off your hand. So no, that's totally extreme to like put it out. Because Jesus knew that the more we walked down this path, the more difficult it was to resist that. And so that's why he went to the extreme. Here's the next one. Bounce my eyes. This probably is not going to make any sense. So I read a book when I was 17. And uh, it is a really helpful book for me in battling lust. And one of the things the guy said is, um, you should practice bouncing your eyes. Because again, like we talked about, like looking at a woman is, is not a problem. It's, it's the lustful look, or more specifically, the first look is not the problem, it's the second look. You know what I'm saying? It's like, there's nothing wrong with, hey, but there's something wrong with, you know, and then like when you get comfortable, you know, like, like, like if you have to sit down to look, then it's probably too long. Okay. So, um, so, uh, what he says is there's nothing wrong with the first look that always happens, but maybe what you need to do is bounce your eyes and get this image of like a tennis match where, you know, where the ball bounces from one side to the other. And maybe you look and you glance and you see that, you know what, if I keep looking, that's going to lead me to lust. So I'm going to look and then I'm going to bounce. And so I, you know, and, and I had some guys that kind of held me accountable. And so we all did this together. And then we would like go to the beach, you know, and you guys love going to the beach and going to the beach is fun, uh, which, which is basically like, you know, uh, a big party of, um, you can just lust really easily when you're at the beach, if you're a guy. And so there were times where we would be hanging out on the beach and we're like, dude, the clouds are so beautiful. <laughs> like I just, they are so, have you seen? Yeah. The clouds are really good. And then the sand, the sand is just, we could build a sand castle right there. Or we could look, you know, because it was like, dude, if I look around, I'm going to take a second look. And I know it's extreme, but I didn't want this. And then here's the last one. And this one did not apply to me when I was, but I think it might apply to you. Uh, Twitter and Instagram accounts. There are some Twitter and Instagram accounts that, that uh, maybe you follow that you shouldn't follow. Or maybe you have a friend that follows them and then retweets them. And then you see it and it kind of leads you to lust. And maybe tonight is the night that you cut that out. Because, because you don't even need to go to a website anymore. You can just go on Twitter. You can just go on Instagram. You can just go on Snapchat to look at a woman lustfully. And maybe God is pressing in and saying, there are some accounts that you just need to cut out completely. You don't need to follow them anymore. And the crazy thing, I don't know if you knew this about Twitter, but you only see things on your timeline from people that you follow. And so you can choose who you follow, which means you can also choose to unfollow them. And if they lead you to lust then you can unfollow. And so maybe for you, there's some Twitter and some Instagram accounts. And again, I know, I know that this seems incredibly like just so intense and so out there, but it was Jesus himself that said, if your right hand causes you to sin, to just cut it off because it's not worth it. Because see, God has relationship goals for you. And he had them for me too. 
And when I was 14, I began making these difficult decisions. And I don't want to lie to you and tell you that it was easy and that like I, I was successful all the time. I stumbled and I struggled. But what was happening is as I was walking in this, directions, uh, uh, this direction, I began to make decisions of cutting things out of my life that started to move me in this direction until eventually I was 20 years old and I met Catherine. And I'll say this, Catherine is uh, so mature and so confident, I don't think she would have dated a guy that was over here. And so I think she was waiting for a guy that was over here. And it started when I was 14. And I want to tell you this real quick, because I know it's easy to hear all this and think that, like, God doesn't want you to have any fun. He wants you to cut out all, like, just activity that you enjoy. And maybe you feel like the heart of your Heavenly Father is that He's just got rules, and He's going down this list. And, and, and again, I even almost didn't want to do a list, because it can feel like a list, and God wants me to do these things. If I don't, He's not going to love you. But that is not the case, okay? The heart of your Heavenly Father is He cares so deeply for you, and He wants this as well. See, God doesn't ask you to sacrifice, to add limits, but to add life. God isn't interested in boxing you in or taking away your freedom. What he is interested in is giving you life and giving you a relationship that you would enjoy. The very thing that you and I want is the same thing that God actually wants. And God's saying, if you're walking down this path of relationship ruin, you're not going to end up with relationship goals doesn't matter how bad you want it. You need to start walking in this direction. And the beautiful thing is you don't have to wait and it's not too late to start right now. See, there, there, there are things that God may be calling you to do that he called me to do when I was 14, 15, 16, 17, 18. And every time I followed him there, he led me closer and closer to relationship goals. And maybe for you, God's calling you to do the same thing. And so the question for you tonight is this. What is God asking you to sacrifice? Maybe for you, he's asking you to sacrifice some accounts on Twitter and Instagram. And tonight you need to go home and you need to unfollow Maybe, maybe for you, it's your phone and you know that it gets you in trouble. And I know that you're not acting out on these things, but Jesus says, even if you look, even if it's a thought, it's leading you in a direction that you don't want to go. And so maybe tonight is the night that for the first time you leave your phone outside of your room. Or maybe you make a decision that there are movies I'm just not going to watch because it's going to lead me to lust. And your friends are going to think you're extreme and your friends are going to think that you're insane and your friends are going to look at you and say, why don't you watch that? How come you won't? But everyone's doing this. But what they're doing is they're walking in a direction of relationship ruin and maybe you, out of all your friends, can start walking in this direction. So that one day when you get married, you have a relationship that other people retweet. That's my hope for you because your heavenly father loves you and he knows that lust leads you down a path of relationship ruin and purity is the thing that leads you towards relationship goals and so I pray that tonight is the night that you start to move in that direction so let me pray for you 
God, we love you so much, and we, uh, man, we are not good at this, and we have messed up uh, many times, and I know that I have, and I don't have a clean history with this. I don't have a, um, uh, a clean track record where I've got everything together. What I do have is a lot of brokenness where I've messed up, and I've gone to you for help, and you've asked me to do things that are so uncomfortable, and I didn't want to give up those TV shows. I didn't want to give up the computer, and I didn't want to give up the things that you asked me to give up, but God, I'm so grateful so grateful that you told me to do that because I don't know where I would be if you hadn't have done that. I don't know where my relationships would be. I don't know where my relationship with you would be. I'm so incredibly grateful. And yeah, it was difficult. And yeah, it was tough. And yeah, there were times that I was upset with you because you wanted me to do these things, but I'm so grateful. So tonight, God, I pray that for these students, they would recognize that your heart is for them that your heart is for relationship goals, the very goals that they have. So we ask that you would do that. And we need your help because we cannot do this alone. So would you lead us? Lead us towards purity. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen.